Hey guys, welcome to the Elevate Podcast. I'm Axel York. I'm Eric Corbridge. Hey guys, a uh, few purposes to the show, okay? Um, a couple things as far as elevating your skill set, uh, helping you develop uh, skills that you need, uh, practical skills that you'll use in the field and in training and developing your team. Uh, we'll talk a lot about personal development, growth, having the right mindset, really taking you to the next level in sales, in life, and in your career here at B3. Guys, make sure to check back regularly to stay up to date, get some insider tips, learn what it takes to really get to the next level, and stay elevated. Welcome back to the Elevate Podcast. It has been a long, long time. We are dropping some new episodes, though. We had to shut down for a while, uh, obviously due to COVID, and we are getting back on it. So today we're bringing Dante Dumont on the podcast. This is actually from a training that he did on one of our leadership calls, and Dante is bringing the fire in this episode, guys. So get out your pen and paper, take some notes. Dante talks about how to build a knocking culture. He talks about eating what you kill in this job. He talks about not depending on reps to bring you deal flow. Go out, create that deal flow yourself. He talks about making this a lifestyle and how to effectively do that. One of the ideas that really resonates with me, he's not out there being super intense when he's on the doors. How he describes it is he's basically just in a groove, um, just it's this habit, it's this lifestyle that he created. It reminds me of the idea of like being in a flow state, right? So when, when you're in a flow state, you are, you're firing. You are basically pushing yourself about 5% to 10% past your limits, um, which is where human beings operate the best. It's when you're outside of your comfort zone, um, you're growing, you're flowing. It's not too far uh, down that spectrum where it becomes nearly impossible for you to succeed in, in the tasks that you're working on or you become frustrated or you give up. So this is something that you guys really want to pay attention to. The best performers in the world tend to operate from a place of flow. If you can achieve that, if you can master that, um, if you can get to the point where you're like you know Dante or some of these other top performers um, in their field, in their craft, and you can turn that on uh, like a flip of a switch, that's when the magic happens. So anyways, without further ado, guys, I give you Dante Dumont, sales manager for the Dublin office, dropping some heat. I'm going to talk about, you know, creating a, a culture of knocking and, and what it takes to do that, kind of what it takes to sustain that, what it takes to keep it going for a long time. Um, I think everyone has obviously their strength, their weakness. Our strength is just going out there and, and, you know, going through the thick and thin of it and making it happen. Um, basically, I, it's funny. I was talking to a rep and he said something. He was like, you know, man, I don't know if I'm working hard or I'm hardly working. And I was like, oh, that's right. That's kind of what it is. So, like, when I think about what it takes to, like, continue on with a knocking culture and make it so that it's, it's, it's something that could keep going for years, it's almost like this thing where – you know, if, if you do something so extreme and you push yourself so hard, you can only do it for so long. So whatever you do, it has to become something that almost becomes accustomed to a lifestyle. I don't mean like a, a lifestyle of, oh, you know, I'm, you know, like the, the one that Josh makes fun of. I mean, like knocking becomes part of the lifestyle. So it's no longer 
something where you're pushing really, really hard to do. It just kind of happens naturally. Like you slide out the door, you know, a little bit earlier in the morning, you drive out the territory and you're just going through the motion, but it's not super intense. So it's almost like I knock all the time, but I'm never like really, really aggressively, you know, pushing super hard. Cause when you do that, then you start getting rejected. And then, you know, that's when people's morale falls. So it's almost like you're looking at a big picture view of it. So you're working hard all the time, but at the same time, you're hardly working because it's easy when you get good at it, you're going to be talking to people, you're going to be getting in the doors, it becomes fun. So it's not such a drudgery, but I think if we kind of help get in the reps mind, this isn't like a quick fix. It's not going to happen overnight. Then they start to realize and the, the pressure, like they feel a certain pressure to like throw down right now. And they should feel that, but at the same time, they have to have the expectation that it's not going to be a quick thing. So they can kind of chill out and just go with it and learn as they're going. Right. And then when they do that, then eventually it becomes enjoyable because as you're doing it, you'll get results, but those results aren't, you know, at the cost of, you know, having anxiety about it and all these different things. It becomes more of like a flow. Like you're, you're going into the flow. It just becomes a day-to-day thing. You know, you have your routine, you have your books, you know, you listen to stuff in the car, you know, you're talking to your team, you're getting to territory, you know, afterwards you're talking to everyone about how the day went. It just kind of comes part of the lifestyle that you're living. And then it just kind of weaves into whatever you're doing off work. Um, and then also kind of obviously when we're, when we're taking them out there, I, I kind of think back to what got everyone to where they did. If we really, really want to get a rep to be super successful, I think one thing that has to be done with all the ones that we've gotten to where they kind of got the bug and, and they get it and they no longer need to more or less have us tell them to work is we have to, you know, we have to um, turn them into a lion. We can't feed them to the lions. It's, it's really, it's, it's super hard to teach somebody how to hunt. It's not easy. And the funny thing about it is I just don't, every time I've tried like the, the classroom stuff, it works to a certain degree, but it, I think the same rules apply. Like the little lion just got to go watch the big lion do the thing. And then in doing that, they kind of pick it up on their own. And if they have a certain level of natural aptitude, they're just going to kind of pick up on the thing that's happening and they're going to learn how to apply that. And then at some point, you know, you're going to turn back and they're going to be like, they're like, you know, taking down the gazelle themselves. Like, Oh, they got it. All right. You're good. Um, Obviously you got to keep working with them, but yeah. So don't just throw them out there. Obviously we all know that kind of, you know, obvious stuff, but um, another main one for having a knocking culture is obviously, you know, the office is there. We've got to meet up, got to, got to do correlations, et cetera. But really when I think about it, when the real office is the field, but if, if, it, if you could shift everyone's view onto having the field be the real office, the real proving ground, the spot where everyone actually makes a name for themselves, it, it becomes more real. Like when, when we make money, when we make stuff happen, when we get paid, when, you know, we go on the scoreboard that happens because we're in the field, not in the office. So if they start looking at it like not, uh, you know, when there's a certain comfort when you go to the office, it, it's nice. It's, you know, it, it's, you see all your teammates, it, it's relaxed. Everyone, you know, it's like, okay, we're not having to actually go out there and get door signs in our face. But if you can somehow get them to switch the view of that same thing, but the field filling that position, then they won't have that sort of fear of going out there to the doors and it becomes more enjoyable to them. And then they're going to look forward to it more. Right. So that becomes their comfort zone. Right. So I think that's an important part of building a strong knocking culture. Obviously, um, 
part of that's obviously the hunter culture, right? So, you know, we've all said it before, you eat what you kill. It, it's, it's important. I think it, it's really important that people get that sort of responsibility, like you're responsible for going out there and making it happen. Um, and then I think that goes for all of us. I know one thing that, that I like to do when, I, when I'm training reps in the field, you know, I, I, train, I train them to help them learn to do it but not to depend on their actual production, right? So I want to help them learn to do what I know how to do so they can go do it, right, as an end in itself. Not necessarily as a way for me to, like, get deals brought to me. And then as part of that hunter culture, like, I heard jo- remember Josh talking about it in our manager training. Like, the key is, like, it's a long game. Like, when you're, when you're hunting, it's, it, we run things down, and it takes a long time. It's not like a sprint. And then you're gonna, you know, outrun the really fast animal. So it's just it's a it's a long paced thing. So if you kind of get people prepped that look, you could be really successful here, but you gotta look at the, you know, the reality of it. This is an exponential opportunity. So with exponential opportunities, they always start, you know, looking more or less, you know, in in some senses not as opportune. But if you look at the results of what happened with everyone who stuck with it and kind of gone on this thing long-term, you can see where they're standing. So the proof's in the pudding, but you just got to get the perspective for everyone correctly so they can look at it and understand like the, the time frame to make it realistic for them. So as they're going through the process, they're not, you know, getting discouraged as, as they grow. Cause if, if you think like, Oh, I should be throwing down like, you know, all these guys who've been here for five years, et cetera. Well, that's not too realistic. I mean, it's hopeful, but at the same time, why not look at it like, hey, where were they in year one, year two, right? Okay, as long as you're tracking on that same path, then you're going you're gonna to be doing good. So just get them in the right mind frame and let them know that, you know, all the proof's in the pudding and they just got to keep going through it in, uh, you know, the simple format. But anyways, guys, that's all I got for you. Thank you. Boom. There you go. Hopefully you guys had some, some great takeaways uh, from that training. Uh, Dante has a lot of experience in this uh, industry, in this sport. For those of you that have been around for a while, you you know, you see his name on the leaderboard, you know, week in, week out. It's rare that somebody's knocking Dante, somebody from his team out of that top spot. Done a really good job the last few years um, holding that down. And, uh, and that's really a testament to the training that he just provided for you guys. Uh, so... That's a a short little bite-sized episode for you. We're going to have some more like that. We'll have some more long-form stuff coming as well. Bookmark this episode. Come back to it. Think about it as you're growing your team or you're creating uh, that appetite for work in yourself. All right. Until next time, guys. Thanks for tuning in.